You are listening to the Mother Good Podcast, episode number 22. I'm your host, Emily Carney. We at Mother Good believe that there's no way to be a perfect mom, but many ways to be a good one. Our content is judgment-free within the context of evidence-based research. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mother Good Podcast. If it's your first time joining us, welcome. And if you're a longtime listener, welcome as well. We truly appreciate every single one of you so much. Well, I'm so excited to share with you today's interview. It's our very first male guest of our podcast. I've been wanting to have on a dad for a while, and I found pretty much the male version of Mother Good, or the father version of Mother Good, rather. So Justin Batt, who's our guest today, he started an organization called Daddy Saturday, which is essentially on a mission to get dads more involved in their children's lives, which I think is a cause that every single mom can rally behind. And he gives so many practical and useful tips in this episode, such as how to actually have the conversation with your husband or a significant other or the father of your child to get more involved in their children's lives, why it's so important that they do. He also gives examples of activities that fathers can do with their children. So as Justin explains in this episode that he found himself uh, basically responsible for his children all day on Saturdays. And out of that was born the need to just have very quality time with his kids. And he's seen such a big benefit from that in his relationship with his kids, with his wife. He also gives some really good book suggestions. So so I think every single woman will just really love this episode on how to get dads more involved in their children's lives. So without further ado, here is my amazing conversation with Justin. Hi, Justin. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode. And could you tell us about yourself in 30 to 60 seconds? Yeah, Emily, thanks for having me. So I am the founder and chief dad officer of Daddy Saturday and the Daddy Saturday Foundation, which is a movement to help dads and parents be more intentional and engaged with their kids and impact 10 million fathers in 10 years and to end the fatherlessness epidemic. And could you tell us a little bit about you personally too, how you met your wife and how many kids you have, things like that? Yeah, of course. So my wife, Heather, and I have been married for 15 years. She is the entrepreneur in the family, has had a couture bridal boutique for 12 of those 15 years, named after our oldest daughter, Hayden Olivia, who's 12, and then three boys in a row, Blaine, Mason, Easton, 10, 7, and 5. So four kids and a Bernie Doodle named Weekend. Oh, I like that. Uh, we have a Golden Doodle named Teddy. Awesome. I, so tell us about Daddy Saturday. I was looking at your Instagram. I also watched your TED Talk and I read up as much as I could about it. So it's a 501c3. It's a nonprofit. And I just love what you're doing and promoting how to get dads more involved in their kids' lives. Because I know that that's something that definitely is an epidemic, as you talked about in your TED talk. So could you just tell us a little bit about Daddy Saturday, why you started it, what it does? Yeah, of course. So about, um, well, 12 years ago, uh, Heather was leaving the the teaching industry and decided to start her own business and in an effort to support her, um, backed her and she decided to go into the bridal industry. And we had our first daughter at the time, our first child, Hayden Olivia. And so I found myself as a young dad with Hayden Olivia on Saturdays all day for from the time she was two weeks old until we started adding the boys to the mix. And so it just became normal to be dad on Saturday with our kids in an effort to support Heather and her store and her working on Saturdays and um, me being at home with the kids. I was a corporate America father 
So working during the week, trying to provide for the family and ascend the corporate America ladder and just found myself uh, like a lot of dads in that, in that space, um, kind of burning the candle at both ends, frustrated, tired, um, just exhausted at the end of the week and often feeling insecure and inadequate and wanting to give my best to my kids all day on Saturday, but at the same time was just had what I called a dad hangover in many capacities. And so I got sick and tired of being sick and tired and wanted to make the most of the opportunity that I had with my kids and to support Heather. And so I decided to plan our days together, to be intentional, to create these epic moments with my kids. And uh, we started doing that process. And it wasn't long before they began asking midweek, Dad, what are we doing for Daddy Saturday? So they kind of affectionately named it. And it started to catch on in our neighborhood and our community. Other dads were getting involved. And then I did the TEDx on fatherlessness and really saw the burden of not just the dad who's not in the home, but this dad who's there who's physically present but emotionally absent. And I, I thought that was me for a long time. Through Daddy Saturday, I've created a vehicle that's not just there for Saturdays, but during the week of how you can be intentional, be engaged, create this incredible relationship and these epic moments with your kids. I've got a recipe, a secret formula here that I want to share and help other dads do the same thing and make an impact in this next generation of fathers and children. And so that really started the process. And as a result of that, we wrote a book called Daddy Saturday, which is the field manual for fatherhood, real practical advice for helping dads be intentional and engaged and live their best life, and then created an omni-channel platform. So a podcast, uh, an Alexa skill, you can ask Alexa what you should do with your kids on Saturday, and she'll give you an idea, look at the weather in your area, and put the items you need in your Amazon shopping list, and um, have conferences and events, and even some some products coming out called Dad Boss, which is a video series to help dads um, be better dads and engage their kids and help their kids be more successful. It really does sound like you're the dad version of mother good. It's so funny that, uh, you know, I know Eli, I'm not sure how exactly that you know him, but I'd love to find out, but he just reached out. Um, I know that he's a, a mutual acquaintance slash friend and he just said, gosh, you have to meet Justin. He's basically like the dad version of you. So I, it sounds like you're doing such great things and, and it's so, so important. And as you were talking, I, it, what really struck me is that in the mom world and the mommy community, you know, the whole work-life balance thing is talked about a lot, but you really don't hear that in the, in the father community. So I, I guess I didn't really ever think about, gosh, dads struggle with these same things too, of burnout, being present for your kids, the same way moms are discussing it. Do you feel like it's just something that's not talked about often enough in the in the dad community and it's just something that's super prevalent and dads struggle with this the same way that moms do? No, I think women are just far more comfortable being vulnerable and transparent with each other and with others. And men have egos and have pride that gets in the way a lot of times of acknowledging or doing that that deep self-work. And you know, I think that that it's it's changing, right? And I'm trying to help others break through that shell and I'm I've done that deep work with myself. I'm still doing it. I'm in the process of it. But I had to let go of my ego, let go of my pride and just look to others for help and not try and do this in isolation. I think it's another big thing is, you know, as I look at the the motherhood space, women are far better about joining together in community and talking about these issues and and helping each other move forward. And for men, you don't see that quite as often. Um, you see them trying to do it more in isolation and I don't know what, what that is for me. A lot of times it was, you know, I don't know if other dads would want to do this or are, are interested in the same things I'm interested in, or if they're going to think that, you know, I'm kind of over the top in the way that I engage my kids. And I found out that most of those things were all stories I was telling myself in my head and they weren't true. And in fact, most dads were, were dying 
for help, dying for resources, dying for that sense of community. They just weren't able to initiate it or didn't want to initiate it. And we're looking for the, the resource to plug into. And that's really why we created Daddy Saturday and are working to create a community around this to just help break down some of those barriers and obstacles to that. I think the other piece is, um, and, and to your point, that um, men oftentimes, when we look at work-life balance, I think that it's um, it's a bit of vulnerability to admit that we might be struggling with that. It's like, oh, I can manage everything. I can do all of this. Um, and in fact, we most often can't. And I think that work-life balance is a myth. If you were to ask me personally, I, would agree um, with I believe that, that there's always <laughs> going to be tension. Yeah. Always believe there's tension between work and life, right? And so it's more about managing that tension and understanding and doing that deep self-work to understand what your identity is in, who you are, and how you can best deal with that um, and put those principles in place to maintain margin, stay true to your core values, and to um, focus on what's most important in life. It seems like it would be even more of an issue now because I know that historically dads haven't been as present in their kids' lives. I think you mentioned that in your TEDx talk. And then recently there's just been this huge movement of getting dads more involved in their children's lives. So could you share why it's important to have dads involved in their kids' lives? And just for reference, I know that um, you probably already know this, but all of our mo- all of our listeners are moms. So you're actually the first uh, male guest that we've ever had on the show. So I'm super excited about that. But I guess maybe if you could just talk with that in mind of what would you tell those moms that why it's important to get their husbands involved in their children's lives? Well, first of all, I'm completely honored. So thank you so much for, for having me on and know that I'm the first male guest, that, that means a lot. And, and I would tell you what's also interesting is um, many, many, many of my books and, and the people that have come into my platform, the men, have been given a little bit of a nudge by the woman in their life, whether it's their wife or their mother or you know, a friend or colleague. And so um, speaking to your audience, um, I would ask that they just listen to what I'm saying and potentially be that nudge in the man's life um, in, in their life, that the father that needs to maybe hear some of this or couldn't engage or be a part of the platform and it would benefit them as a result. So I think the, the big thing that I would say is that um, if you look at um, the role of a father in a kid's life, I, I believe that the mother and the father play unique and distinct roles. And if there's any single mothers out there that are listening, um, you know, they have to play both roles to a capacity But at the same time, I feel like it's really important to have that male influence, whether it's a father figure, a coach, a mentor that's in their child's life, especially if they're raising boys, because my belief is that far more is caught than taught. And so when a child is around a father or a man in their life, they're going to learn so much just from being up, bumping up against and watching and observing the man in their life. And if it's a boy, that's how they're going to learn how to move into manhood and progress in their life by watching and observing that. So that's a really important piece. I also feel like there's this um, paradigm where for a while it was the man was meant to be the provider. And um, you know those barriers have been broken down and we have so many dual income families and dual working families today that I think that's dramatically changed in terms of our society. But at the same time, the man is still, for whatever reason, tried to maintain that, that mindset that they have to be the provider. And in doing so, oftentimes that that's like, I checked the box. I did my provision work. So now when it comes to engaging the kids, like that's not my role. That's not my job. And you're right. We're seeing a dramatic shift in that. This millennial generation of dads is doing a phenomenal job of stepping up and spending more time and being engaged. And so we're seeing that shift happen. 
And it's, for me, it's about education. It's just providing what that, what that looks like, how that happens, and breaking down the two most common barriers that I see. One is that all dads want to be better dads. They just don't know how. And so it's, again, breaking down the ego and the pride to help them engage in how do you be an intentional and engaged dad and what does that look like? Because the fact is most of them didn't have it modeled for them. They came from a fatherless or, or disengaged father background. And so they're just modeling what they received. And so you got to break through that. They have to have a new mindset to move forward. The second thing is that um, it's really important when they look at their, um, their parenting style and the way that they approach their kids is to say, am I serving as the hero or am I serving as the guide in the situation? And it's a paradigm that I'm working to shift in that most men want to be the hero to their kids and show up as that hero but it's actually, it doesn't play out in real life. And it's a damaging concept because when they do that, the child doesn't experience success or failure on their own in their youth. They get into adulthood. They don't know how to really experience failure because they've never done it before or learned how to handle it or move forward from it. And so then they failure, failure in adulthood is catastrophic or much more severe because they have no mechanism of dealing with it. Whereas the dad serves as a guide, then they're able to help that child um, move through those successes and failures with, with guidance, with direction. And when they move into adulthood, they've raised a good kid who now becomes a great adult because they're able to manage through that. So those are two really important things in terms of the, the man's approach and the reason why it's so important to have that father figure who's engaged in the life of the child. What's some examples of being a guide versus being a hero? I find that kind of fascinating. I guess one thing that I can think of that comes to mind, would it be if maybe if your kid gets in a fight with another kid at school and besides you talking to the other kid or taking care of it, do you just kind of walk your kid through it and have them process it? Or I guess if you could share an example or two of what exactly that would look like. Yeah, for sure. So one part of it is that when you position yourself as the guide, it allows you to, again, check your ego at the door and you're able to say, well, I'm not the, the end all be all for my kids and everything. Like I grew up, knowing how to throw a football in a spiral um, and throw a curveball with a baseball, but I'm not a handyman. Like I didn't grow up learning anything about construction or contracting or woodworking. And so I'm like completely inept when it comes to that. So my kids ask me to build these obstacle courses. Well, it's just outside of my scope. It would take me forever and they, they break and it just doesn't work out. But by being the guide, I'm able to bring other men into my kids' lives who are able to really show them and give them experiences in areas that I'm not competent or capable of doing so. And so my kids get these incredible experiences from these other amazing men that can serve as a guide in their life. And tip, by the way, for those single moms that are out there, like that's a phenomenal way to help get that influence into your kids' lives. So that's one thing that's really important about being the guide. I think the second thing is we've all heard the terms, right? The helicopter parent, the snowplow parent, the bulldozer parent, all those concepts where essentially it's when a child experiences a failure. And the parent steps in for them on their behalf. A great example would be at school. So if a child, um, if one of my kids comes home and they have a, a, a bad grade on their report card, that's the, my child's grade. That's not my grade. They own that. And we talk about what happened. We talk about their good grades first. And then we get into the, the bad grade and we address it. And we, we talk about what happened, why it happened, what they can do to change it and how they can move forward. And so we're guiding them to achieve the result that they ultimately want to have and we want them to have instead of just doing it for them, which a lot of parents, you know, are going to step in and try to do their homework or do their projects or, you know, ask the kid to get extra credit. And we ask that our kids own that and are accountable for it. So that's one way that we also work on being the guide. And the last thing I'll say about it is that for any um, mothers that are listening 
who have older children, um, that's the appropriate place for your husband to reside as the guide because your kids don't need a hero at that point. Look, he's their dad. He is their hero. He always will be their hero just by being their dad. They need a guide at that point in life. So when you position yourself that way early, it's a natural transition when the child gets older and needs a true guide in their life. How about some examples of some activities that you've done? I saw the videos that you shared on your TEDx of different activities that you do on Saturdays. And also when you're talking about obstacle courses, I was like, oh my gosh, I've never thought of doing that. I mean, I know my daughter's only two years old, but still like I've never thought of doing that with, with my kids when they get older. So it sounds like since you've had these daddy Saturdays, as you call them, a lot of them, you've had the opportunity to explore a very wide variety of different activities. And maybe, um, you know, those listening, even moms, maybe they want to do some of these activities, and maybe they're not as creative, or maybe they want to use a suggestion of an activity to give their husband a little nudge. Maybe if you could just give a few examples of, of some of the activities that you've done so that that might help get the ball rolling. This episode is sponsored by Sacred Blossom Living Herbal Teas. They're hand-grown on a farm in Wisconsin. I'm not sure about you, but one of my favorite ways to relax at the end of a long day of chasing a toddler around is to sit down on the couch with a nice cup of hot tea. Sacred Blossom has three delicious flavors of tea, Tiger, Angel, and Dream. Tiger provides energy that's different from caffeine that supports an energy that is grounded and focused, and Angel has a gentle, minty, floral, and sweet flavor that's also good hot or iced. Finally, Dream is the most relaxing tea out of the three. It's perfect to drink before bed and helps calm yourself down and ease anxiety. Check out Sacred Blossom Tea at sacredblossomfarm.com. This episode is also sponsored by Fruit of the Bean. Fruit of the Bean delivers freshly roasted coffee directly to your doorstep, which is something all of us moms need. What's really special about their coffee is that it's not roasted until after it's ordered, so you really get that fresh taste with each cup of coffee. The company is also amazing because they love giving back by helping orphans and those affected by human trafficking, which is a really big passion of ours. And if you use the code MOTHERGOOD at checkout, you can receive a 25% discount. So if you're a tired mom and you want to get some fresh coffee delivered straight to your door, just check out Fruit of the Bean. You can find them at fruitofthebean.com. And don't forget to use the promo code MOTHERGOOD for a very generous 25% off. 100%. So thanks for the question. And what I would say is that, um, let me preface all of this by saying that to, to make an activity or time with your kids epic, it does not have to be expensive, extravagant, or extraordinary to be epic. And so many of the activities that we do are simply um, things we find around the house or things that we take part in our local community or local events. Um, so again, you don't have to travel across the world. You don't have to go out and buy a bunch of stuff. Um, clearly, you could do that if you have the means, but it's not always necessary. Some of our best times have come from the most simple things, and it's just by being together. The important thing I would say about any of this is that the intentionality piece is so critical here. So what I recommend to the the dads that I talk to is that they they put it on paper on purpose. So on Wednesday nights, they set aside time, or on Friday nights, set aside time to plan the activity for that weekend with their kids. So on Wednesday night, it's great because then you can source anything you might need. So if you do need any any sort of materials or supplies, you can order from Amazon or go get them by the time you get to Saturday. It takes 15, 20, 30 minutes most times to plan that out. It's such a small ask, yet it makes all the difference in the world. Because if you just show up on Saturday morning and just try and figure it out, right, and shoot from the hip, it just doesn't work as well. 
So I think being intentional and planning ahead of time is so critical. And then also, you know, little things like looking at the weather. That's why we built that into the Alexa skill, because if it's nice outside, well, then you can go take advantage of that. And it opened up a world of opportunities. But if it's a rainy or snowy day, then you may be stuck inside. And so what does that indoor activity look like? And to have some of those in queue is really important. So I just preface it with all of those things. I think that's really important in the process. And then the ideas, um, some of our favorites are we did a bubble wrap battle. So I took the kids to, to the home improvement store. We bought giant rolls of bubble wrap. We wrapped them up in these, these sumo suits and then made uh, bubble wrap swords and jousting sticks. And we have a trampoline. So they went on the trampoline and just like beat each other up. But of course, they were completely safe because they're literally bubble wrapped. And we're just laughing hysterically and just had a blast with it and had so much fun. And they jumped in the pool afterwards and were floating around in the bubble wrap. Um, they love that one. We've repeated it a couple of times. And it's great when they have other friends over to have a bubble wrap battle. Another really fun and, and simple one in the summertime is uh, we call it the slip and slide surprise. So you can go to uh, a five below or a dollar store and, and get a slip and slide and you buy two of them. And then you take a cardboard box and you just make a kind of a, a tunnel at the end with two different doors. So door one and door two, we used caution tape to, to hide what was behind the, the end of the slip and slide. And then you put whipped cream or shaving cream or you can get even more creative, which my kids had the had the fun doing, especially when I went through it. And they pick a door and they slide down and they either get the mess at the other end or they don't. And again, like had an absolute blast. They had goggles on. They were covered in whatever they were sliding through, laughing to their toes. Um, amazing moment, not only physically, but the pictures we have and videos as a result was just incredible. And they love that one. Um, and then we've built obstacle course after obstacle course. Um, we go out and buy sidewalk chalk and use some cones. And we've turned our street into a, a racetrack or a drag strip and built courses. In fact, many Saturdays we've shut our street down and the cars can't come through and the kids tell them that because Daddy Saturday is taking place. So again, super inexpensive, super fun. It's sidewalk chalk, doesn't hurt anything. Um, the kids have a blast with that. And then indoor activities, um, there's a lot of um, minute to win it activities you can find on the internet or YouTube. And those are great when you have to be stuck indoors. You can do a lot with solo cups, um, Nerf guns, things like that. So we use what we have around the house. Um, we use the activities that we've planned out. And, you know, again, the importance is just being intentional, just being engaged, be fully present when you're in the moment. And if you do that, it just tends to lend itself to being epic. You mentioned that dads or husbands can tend to be, I, I forgot the exact words that you used. Was it stubborn? And what, what was the other words that you used? I said stubborn. They have an ego. They're full of pride. Okay. Yeah. So I was just curious from your perspective as a man, if a, if a wife or mother wanted to mention to her um, partner or spouse to do one of these activities or maybe get a little bit more involved from your perspective, I guess. And I know that you're just one man, so it might be different depending on someone else's um, significant other, but how would a good way to phrase it be coming from, you know, that you don't want to insult ego or pride and just, you just kind of want to give that gentle nudge that, that would kind of just, I guess, gently assimilate <laughs> into, into their spouse's um, mental capacity. <laughs> So I love the question and um, I think it's a very important question. And so, you know, the worst thing you can do is, and because men are filled with pride and ego and, you know, I, I am that way. I know that really every man is pretty much that way. And so just naturally inclined to that. 
So if you come at them with with criticism or negativity, where essentially you're putting them down by making the suggestion, right, then you're going to hurt their ego or invalidate them. And that's not going to get them engaged. I think the best thing is that um, you can use a soft suggestion and say something like, hey, I saw this really cool video of this dad and they were doing this activity with the kids. I think our kids would really enjoy that. What do you think? And let them have the ability to, to take ownership and take the credit for it. And if you put it in that kind of a context and the dad can make it his own and essentially take the credit for it, which you know strokes his ego and then gets to be a, a champion in front of his kids, then that's the real win. Um, I think that there's also um, a benefit for all the women listening. So I'll give you kind of the table stakes in this. And that is, um, you know, my wife works on those Saturdays, which is what caused Daddy Saturday in the first place. But a lot of the men, especially in our local community that have started doing this, you know, they give their wife a break. So even if it's for a couple of hours, she gets to go do whatever she wants to do during this time on Saturday. So she can go take a nap, go get a mani-pedi, go shopping, do whatever she wants to do, right? And, and go out with friends and it's her break and it's dad time with the kids. And so if you also set it up appropriately where the, your dad, your husband, your the father figure gets into this, then it gives the woman a chance to go have her own time and just get a break from the action, which is also... You know, what's in it for you for suggesting this to your husband. I, I think the other thing that I would recommend is um, men tend to be um, visual in nature. So if you can, you can show them or give them something tangible. So that's where showing them the video or giving them a, an example, you know, the book, things like that, that would help lead them um, would be a great way to approach it. I think those are really great tips. Thanks for sharing those. So I know this is getting a little bit outside of the daddy Saturday, but I'm just curious because I know that um, you talk about fathers being more active in their kids' lives. Why do you think that it is that moms usually take on the majority of parenting like during the week? And then I know that moms talk a lot about the mental load of motherhood, those sorts of things. Do you do anything differently, I guess, to kind of share that with your wife or maybe have any tips of how husbands and fathers can get more involved during the week too, and kind of share some of that even mental load or other um, just random, I guess, thoughts that go on during the week about your kids? Yeah. So fascinating question, Emily. So here's what I would say. I think it's really important for the, the two parents to be equally yoked, meaning that they need to be parenting from the same value set, parenting from the same perspective. And while one may parent more just purely from the fact that they may be around the kids more, right? Which, as you said, typically could be the, the mother in, in many circumstances, not always, but in many. In our family, you know, I'm there in, in most mornings unless I'm traveling for work. So, you know, we're equally involved and we each have our kind of own roles. I tend to make breakfast while my wife Heather packs the, the kids' lunches, Um we also really are very proactive in helping our kids be proactive and engaged and doing what they can do based on their age. So our kids are 12, 10, 7, and 5 at this point. So for the most part, um, you know, they do a lot of the work. They get up, they make their beds, they do a little workout, they drink a glass of water first thing. They then um, eat their breakfast, which you know, we may try to make them a good breakfast so it's not just cereal every morning. Um, if it is cereal, they make that on their own. They have their clothes laid out, their book bags laid out. So we've engaged them. So I think that's part of it too, is just, again, that intentionality principle is so powerful because then the load isn't only on one person, right? So I think that's, that's a big piece of it. 
the, but the point of being aligned is so critical because here's the thing. If, if mom has to deal with something after school and you know, the typical thing is, well, just wait till your father gets home, right? Well, then dad comes home and now he gets blindsided by this issue. And, you know, he's probably burnt out and stressed out at the end of the day and tired and willpower is kind of gone. And so, you know, he's not going to handle that situation well either. So I found that if we just have a moment where we kind of table those things, we are together as a family, and then we talk about it after after hours. So we have two chairs, we kind of sit down and we have our talking chairs, we call them. And then we'll discuss those issues. And then I'm there to back up or support my wife, unless it's extremely urgent or important. It's a big character issue or you know something that's extremely like needs to be solved immediately. We try to do that as much as possible. And that's also extremely helpful because now it feels like we have each other's back. We've talked about it. And then we determine who's going to go and you know do the actual parenting. Um, there's a great book that I would recommend. It's called Parenting with Love and Logic. Parenting with Love and Logic. And um, that's kind of the parenting model that my wife and I have used. And it's great because we know that no matter who's doing the parenting, we're both doing it in the same form and fashion and encouraging our kids to, to think and think critically as a result of whatever their decisions or behaviors are. And that's been extremely helpful. And, and it's allowed us to be aligned and unified in the way that we parent. I'll have to check that out because as I mentioned, my daughter's only two, but my husband and I have already been talking about how do we get on the same page? How do we even know what our ideology is when it comes to parenthood and all that? So I, I'll definitely have to check that out. I love to get a little bit more personal as we approach the end of the podcast and just talk about some of your biggest struggles in your journey to fatherhood and your personal experience of fatherhood. So I would say that, um, and it's not just me, I think most men that I've surveyed and talked to all have a lot of the same struggles. So one struggle is that, as I mentioned, we all want to be better dads. We just don't know how. Um, I think a big miss, and this is a, this is a really key thing for the, the mothers, the women listening to, to hone in on, is that for a long time, um, I thought that my mission was to help dads be better dads. And I realized that that's what they need but that's not necessarily what they want. And what I've identified that they want is most dads want their kids to be better off than they are. They want their kids to be successful. They want their kids to be happy. And so in order to do that, well, guess what? You've got to be a better, more intentional and engaged dad. So that's what they need. But what they want is to help their kids succeed. So maybe that you know is another tip for the, the mothers and the women listening to say, if you can help your husband help their kids do that or your kids do that, then that's the win. Um, so that's one mistake that I've made in, in the platform that I've come to identify. And it's helped me immensely in my own personal relationship as well as outside of that. I think another struggle is that um, for a long time, um, I was the, the dad and like a lot of dads is I was afraid of, do, I would do nothing because I was afraid of doing it wrong. Therefore I would just do nothing. And so it's like, I'd rather do, I'm sorry, so I'd rather do nothing, I'd rather do nothing instead of doing it wrong. So I would do nothing. That's how, what I meant to say. And so, you know, because I was so concerned about just doing it right with my kids and, and doing it to the best of my ability, doing it perfect. So then I'm like, well, they might not enjoy this. I don't think they really like this. Or eh, if we go here, it's, it's not going to happen the way I want it to. So now I would just do nothing. That's a tragic mistake, right? Because then you're, you're not doing anything. So I'd rather do it do it completely wrong and fail. And oftentimes those failures were some of our best moments together. So just move forward, just engage your kids, just do it in the words of Nike. And then the last thing I would say is um, I did a lot of deep work 
And in that deep work, what I've discovered is this concept of epigenetics, which is that far more is passed down to you than just your DNA from your parents, your grandparents, your great grandparents. And what you need to look at is there's an iceberg sitting inside of you. And oftentimes we only look at the first layer. We very rarely go all the way down deep. And I've done a lot of deep work and really understood what my insecurities are, what my identity is and, and who my identity is rooted in. And in doing so, it's relieved a lot of the insecurities that I had. And when I found myself, either my temper would come out or I would act in anger towards my children or frustration or irritability. Um, it was because I had my own insecurities and a certain circumstance or a stressor or, or something like that would pull that out of me. And so by doing that deep work and really recognizing the fact that, you know, what was living inside of me from my past was true, whether I wanted to admit it or not. So I better just get it out and work on it and deal with it. And in doing so, um, it has dramatically changed my fatherhood and my marriage and my relationship with both my kids and my wife. And so I think for any mother or woman listening, um, one, it's a great thing for you to do personally. But I think it's another exercise that you could do with your husband. There's a couple of great books out on epigenetics. Um, one of the, the, the things that can help with that is the Enneagram. The Enneagram is a, a personality profile assessment that can help you identify um, what your, your personality style is. And that's another great way to pull your husband into this concept and not only identify it for yourself, but for him and the two of you to have those conversations together and then start to identify the early traits in your kids as they get older as well. Um, and that was a big, a big moment for me in my progression as a father. I was just going to ask you for some resources in closing. And I just love too how you shared about the perfection and how sometimes it prevents you from living to your full potential as a parent, because that's one thing that we always ask our, our mom guests is an example of a time when you realize it's okay to be not perfect, because I know moms struggle a lot with that. I didn't realize it. Dad did it as well. So it's been so lightening to hear that, you know, everything that you've shared that moms go through the same struggles as dads, but dads just kind of see it and act upon it in a different way. So this has really been eye opening. So thanks so much for sharing with us. And where can our listeners find you online or on social media? Where you at? So we're everywhere that um, you would expect to find us. I think the easiest places are uh, the website, daddysaturday.com. You can find everything there, links to all of our resources and tools. And then um, on all of the Insta channels, Instagram is at daddy Saturday. Um, Facebook is at the daddy Saturday. And um, I'm on LinkedIn as Justin Pat. Probably the three most common ways to find me. Great. Well, thanks so much, Justin. I really enjoyed our conversation. It was really great. Thanks, Emily. Appreciate you having me.